Unsure about your future after school? From finances to college, from adult education to military options, the Life After School podcast is for you. Now on to the host, Charles Prince. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life After School. We are so thankful that all of you have been sharing our episodes and telling people about our podcast. We are having consistent numbers and we are hoping to continue to have growth over long periods of time. And we cannot do this without you. So we are very appreciative of everything that you all are doing to help us out. And as we have been talking about over the past couple of weeks, and we're going to continue to talk about for a little bit more Um, Probably another month or so, and maybe not a month, but maybe three or four more weeks, we will continue to talk about this topic. And then after we are done with the topic of shopping, we are then going to go into season two. And nothing's really going to change too much on season two. Might notice a few changes here and there. Uh, Might be a change on the background music and some other things to help you realize that we are in season, season two. And so... Just little things like that, nothing too major, and the help of organizing and our episodes and for you to be able to find our episodes a little faster. But today we're going to talk about how to shop smart on a tight budget. Now, I am hoping to have a guest to help me talk about this topic, and so I am not sure if I have this guest yet. I'm still in talks, still in some planning session. I will let you all know, hopefully by next week's podcast, whether or not I have this guest available to talk. But what we're going to do, we're going to talk about some strategies that you can use for stretching your dollar when it comes to food shopping. And this is very important, especially to not only just the younger people that are listening to this podcast, And those of you that are out in adult life, starting out for the first time on your own. But this is also important for those of us who have been doing this for a while. Inflation has gotten ridiculous. And it's hard to shop in an area like here, which I live in the Cincinnati metro. So I have a lot of stores that I can shop from. So they kind of keep the prices down to a little a little less than unbearable there's still a lot of unbearable prices but the competition with the stores all have been a big help in trying to keep some of these prices down however i do know there are some of you who might live in grocery store deserts and that you only have one grocery store in your area and you know good and well because i've lived in those areas too that they those prices are out of your reach and you're lucky to be able to get barely half a cart of stuff shopping at these places. I know how you feel and I've been in that boat. So we're going to talk about a few strategies you can use to help um, shop smart on a tight budget. First thing we're going to talk about is meal planning. Um, Meal planning is a very cool thing. I do it. I don't do it all the time. I need to be better at doing it. But when I do it, it makes my day and my week and my month so 
less stressful. And I am so thankful for that because I just open up the planner. I see what is on the day or the day after, you know, tomorrow, uh, what I need to cook. I set stuff out. I get pretty much get things prepared and it's one less thing I have to worry about. And I, all I have to do is just start cooking when the time comes. And it's amazing. Um, for meal planning, you can use your phone or um, this is something I recommend. You can use your phone or you can use an app uh, to help you meal plan. I personally buy a planner, like a regular planner, and I write down everything of what is for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And when I say I meal plan, I mainly meal plan when it comes to when we have kids in the house. Uh, some of you are not familiar with our job, but sometimes we have kids that stay the night or stay during the day, um, various parts of the month. So those meals are usually planned. I'm not good at planning meals for my wife and I when it's just us. Do want to try to change that? But anyway, I use a regular planner. I write down everything of what's the plan for breakfast, what's the pre- what's the plan for lunch, and what's the plan for dinner. And it's been a big help. And when I meal plan, um, what I usually do is I usually go through my pantry and fridge and I plan the meals that I can fix based on what I already have. That's a very important thing. And I'm not saying you have to do it this way, but it's very important that you do go to your fridge and your pantry and see what you have and see what meals you can fix based on what you already have available. This will help you save money. And also this will help you use as much as your resources as possible. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've had food in the pantry and fridge I have forgotten about and find out that it expired and that it was no longer good. And there's a lot of food waste that happens. And so go through there. And again, you don't have to do it like this, but I recommend you go to your fridge or your pantry, see what you have and plan meals based on what is located in there. And after you do that, then plan your next set of meals based on what you partially have. Like, for instance, if you have uh, if you have rice in in your uh, pantry, then think of meals that can go with rice, maybe various chicken meals, which you know, pretty much any chicken meal of any cuisine you can think of goes with rice. So you might think to yourself, okay, well, I got rice, so let me get chicken. And so this stuff like that. So if you see things in there that you see and you're like, hmm, this would be good, but it would go good with such and such, maybe with this protein or this vegetable, then what you do is uh, then plan what you need to get with that item you already have. That again, it will help you save money because you're again using all the resources you have available to you. And then after you do that, decide the rest, you know, figure out what you need. But if you're doing those first two things, what you're doing is hopefully you are helping to reduce the amount of um, the amount of shopping and money you need to spend on groceries. Now, I know some of you listening to this are probably thinking to yourself, have you seen my fridge? Have you seen my pantry? There's nothing in there. And with that, and I just want to say that the thing you to do is skip to that third thing, you know, plan out everything. And just because you don't have anything in your fridge or your pantry 
doesn't mean that you still can't plan. Figure out what you want to buy and help stretch your money and and maybe even buy some items that will last for several weeks, which we'll talk a little bit about that later in this episode. But the next thing I want to talk about is couponing. I've never been much into couponing before, but this inflation, not just this year, but over the past couple of years has made me really reconsider the idea of couponing. And I have gotten a lot more into it. Um, if you shop at a chain store and when I say a chain store, I'm talking about Kroger or Meyer or Dollar General even. And I want to say even stores like Family Dollar. So you might not have a Kroger or Meyer near you, but you most likely have a Dollar General or Family Dollar near you. And I know a lot of people, Family Dollar and Dollar General is sometimes the only or the most affordable food options they have. But for those, download the app for whatever store you have. Now, I don't think this is on Walmart, so not every store has this. But any chain store, download their app. And most of the time, those apps will have a section for coupons or deals. It might be called both or might be interchangeable how they use them. But look under there. They have coupons available for certain items or for certain um, certain total. For instance, um, I know Dollar General, anytime I shop there, I always get a small little receipt that's attached to my main receipt that offers me $5 off if I buy $25 or more in products. And to be honest with you, I throw away those receipts and don't even think about them. But you know how many times I could have saved a little bit of money if I had kept those receipts, especially when I lived in Colorado and had to rely very heavily on Dollar General. And I wish I would have thought about keeping those receipts because that would have been a big help. <laughs> so check your store's mobile app, see if they have a coupon section there and also keep receipts, keep um receipts in mind sometimes there are coupons in the back of receipts and some stores like the Kroger's that I shop at here they have a separate machine that prints out coupons um, I don't keep all the coupons because I don't need all the ones they print but if it looks like something I could use I definitely hold on to it and I'm trying to do better at keeping track of it because that's a whole nother thing <laughs> so not only look at the mobile app but also check manufacturers websites. Do you um, have you all heard of a company called Procter and Gamble? If you are not familiar with the company Procter and Gamble, all I have to say is is that this is something you do not want to uh, waste an opportunity on. Um, Procter and Gamble they have coupons that are available on their website. I think there's a couple of things you have to sign up for, not payment wise, but register information. And I think one or two other things, nothing that costs any money, but then you'll start receiving every once in a while, you start receiving coupons to your box. Procter and Gamble is a good one because Procter and Gamble owns very many brands. For instance, uh, I'm just going to name the ones that I have listed here, and these are not all of them. Pampers, Gillette, Oral-B, Old Spice, um, Bounty, 
Gain, Tide, Vix, Charmin, Olay, Ivory, Herbal Essence, Downy, Joy, Head and Shoulders, Pantene, Febreze, Crest, uh, crest. <laughs> I almost said Crust, I did say Crest, <laughs> Mr. Clean, Metamucil, and you may not use all of these products, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned at least some products you use. Oh, and uh, Dawn, you like Dawn dish soap. Um, and there's plenty of more. This is this is just the few that are there that we that I just listed. So Procter and Gamble, sign up there, get you some coupons because I'm sure there are items and products that you use from Procter and Gamble, and you can search Procter and Gamble. You can Google it. You'll find all the other brands that are mentioned that are owned rather by Procter and Gamble. And it don't have to just be Procter and Gamble. There's others that offer manufacturer coupons. I just mentioned Procter and Gamble because they own so many brands under their umbrella that it covers a good almost, I would say probably 60, 70% of what most Americans use. And another thing for couponing, if your area still has a newspaper available, and I know there's some of you that live in areas, especially smaller towns, that do not have a local paper anymore. So this will not apply to you. And uh, matter of fact, there, I think there's some big cities that don't even have a local paper, so this won't apply to you. However, if you have some type of access to some type of Sunday edition of the newspaper, even if it's not a city that you're from, some of these Sunday papers will sometimes have coupons from various stores either have coupons or some sales uh, sales papers to look at, which nothing wrong in looking at the sales papers either to get some ideas of what you can do to help in getting the best bang for your buck. Uh, third thing to talk about when it to help us shop smart on a tight budget is not shopping when you are hungry. We talked about this in last week's episode. Um, we talked about how in one study, Hungry shoppers um, spent 64% more money and bought 88% more products than those who were less hungry. And I had the link to that article in the previous episode. If you want to look at that, we didn't talk too much about, I mean, we're not going to talk too much about that now because we did cover it in a decent amount of length last week. But just remember, don't shop when you're hungry, if all possible. When you're hungry, you're going to buy more products and you're going to spend more money. Not always, but that is the general rule of thumb. Number four, shopping in bulk. Now, this is one that's tricky. To give you some background with myself, I have both a membership to Sam's Club and Costco. I know there's a, another um, bulk warehouse called BJ's Warehouse. I have never been to BJ's, so I do not have much information about BJ's. So I can only speak for Sam's Club and Costco. And I know there are some local stores that sell bulk items. And so I can't speak for those, but I would say probably at least for some of those local stores, some of these rules might apply. First thing I want to mention when it comes to shopping in bulk, figure out what you need to buy in bulk. Yes, I have a membership to both Sam's Club and Costco, but I do not get everything from Sam's Club and Costco. I get our toilet paper from Sam's Club. I get our paper towels from either Sam's Club or Costco. 
when it comes to the kids that stay in our house, when it comes to their lunches, their main entree for lunches, I buy those in bulk. Um, sometimes I get fruit in bulk. Well, maybe not so much bulk because a lot of the, you know, of Costco and Sam's Club is not so much a bulk, but it might just be a little bit bigger than what you normally find at your grocery store when it comes to fresh fruit. But pretty much, and this is not dictating how you should buy and how you should spend your money. But what I'm trying to get at is everything does not need to be bought in bulk, especially if it's an item you're not going to use that often and it's going to go bad with by the time you get finished using it. Then if it's that's the case, then I would just keep you know in mind to get that product at another store, a smaller portion of that. So um, you do not need to buy everything in bulk and uh, check for this. Is another thing, too. Yes, Costco and Sam's Club are great, but there are some times that your regular stores might have bulk items. Walmart, I know, has a section, an aisle rather, that I've seen at most Walmarts that have, a, I, that I would say probably the lower half of the shelves in that aisle are filled with bulk items. So take advantage of that, especially since you're able to get that without needing a membership. So uh, again, check for bulk items at your regular stores. You know, family size this, family size that, or, you know, just anything like that, that is actually productible and uh, that's actually able to help you when you're shopping and producing the food, then, you know, definitely be on the lookout for that. And uh, number five, um, when it comes to shopping smart on a tight budget, um, we need to talk about national brand versus generic. We're going to have an episode that's fully covering this. So we're just going to touch a little bit on it. Um, while there are some national brands that are made in their own processing plants, one thing you have to keep in mind is um, there are several brands that are made in the same processing plants as numerous generic brands. And what does that mean? That means that some of the products you're paying premium price for, you could be getting the exact same thing with the off brand. And a lot of corporations or retailers don't really want you to know that. Um, maybe not so much of retailers, but a lot of corporations are not really big fans of people knowing that because of the money they make from us thinking that national brands taste better than off brands. Um, I want to give a few examples of some things. Um, there are, I will say some things, one that I do feel like that national brand does taste better than the off brand. Um, for instance, Heinz ketchup. Um, I usually try to buy off brand pretty much everything, but Heinz is one of those that I genuinely can taste a difference between its ketchup and the other brands. Now, will I eat another brand of ketchup? Yes, definitely will. But there's times where I can tell the difference and it's like, man, I wish I had Heinz <laughs> and I promise you I'm not paid by Heinz because I just realized they're doing a whole commercial about how you can tell that someone don't have Heinz. <laughs> oh man, I feel kind of bad because I definitely um, don't think I should, I'm not going to go to that extreme as some of the things I've seen in those commercials. Um, so 
yes, so there is sometimes a difference, but two, I want to mention about a personal experience I had when I realized that many foods are processed in the same plants. I might have shared this story already, but if you're new to the podcast, I'm going to share it with you all here. When I was younger, I remember hearing a story on the local news about a peanut butter plant in Georgia, which I'm raised in the Atlanta area. Um, a peanut butter plant in Georgia had an outbreak of salmonella, which I didn't fully understand what salmonella was back then and whatnot. So it, it didn't really pay much attention to it. And plus, I rarely eat peanut butter that much. So I, it kind of was something that just went in one ear out the other. That was until they mentioned what brands were affected. And I don't remember all the brands, but I will say this. Imagine my shock when I found out that peanut butter from uh, that peanut butter that had great value on the label and peanut butter that said Peter Pan on the label were affected. That blew my whole mind to smithereens because I'm a young kid and I'm finding out that name brand and generic at least when it came to peanut butter were made in the same factory and so imagine that I had more confirmation of this when I got older and I worked in Deming as a preacher and one of the uh, one of the ladies that was a member who is a member rather she had talked about because she works at the chili plant because Deming has a green chili packing plant there. And we were talking about stores that are out east that are not out here, at least in our part of the country in our little piece of New Mexico. And I talked about Kroger and she was like, hey, I yeah, we've packed chil- green chili for Kroger before. I've never been to a Kroger, but I remember seeing the Kroger labels on some of the green chilies we packed. So it got me confirmation like, oh, man. So they pack national brand and generic brands. So that was just something that just blew my mind. So, like I said, there are sometimes you could tell a difference, but most of the time, just go for the generic brand. It saves you money and most likely was made in the same factory that national brand was as well. So shopping smart on a tight budget requires a bit of planning and strategic shopping. And as we talked about, utilize meal planning and take advantage of coupons to ensure you're getting the most out of your grocery budget. And as we mentioned, avoid shopping when you are hungry and consider buying items in bulk, but only buy items in bulk that you frequently use. And again, just be smart when it comes to shopping in bulk. And lastly, consider trying generic brands. And as we talked about, Sometimes they can provide some of the same quality as national brands at a lower cost. Sometimes there are some that generic brands that probably outperform your national brand counterpart. So just keep that in mind. You know, by implementing these strategies and keeping these things in mind, you could stretch your dollar and make the most out of your grocery shopping trips. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend and never give up on your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Life After School podcast, hosted by Charles Prince. Check your favorite podcast platform for a new episode every Thursday. Never give up on your dreams. These walls, fighting to create.